I first got involved in the Solomon Islands uh, when I joined a mission trip way back in 2007. What I, I find about Solomon Island people went beyond what I saw in many other places. So I thought this is a good place for me to go and uh, just see how God could use me here. Every Christian is called to go. Some are called to make disciples as they go about their daily lives where they already live. Some are called to go away from the places where they've been and make disciples in a new setting. That is, go out of their comfort zone, both emotionally and physically, and go into another culture, even overseas, to places abroad, to the unreached, the unloved, the poor and the lonely, to reach every corner of the globe and every unreached heart with the good news of the gospel. Cross-cultural ministry carries blessing you wouldn't receive if you made it home. Cross-cultural workers give up many things, comfort, extended family, a network of emotional support, command of language, position in a culture, etc. But cross-cultural workers also gain many things. Wonderful memories, new relationships, house health, the privilege of witnessing God at work in a new place, and a new and fresh perspective that you might not have elsewhere. If you're one of those that have been called to go, or you've been called to make disciples as you go, don't ignore that call. The goal is to raise up a people that are empowered to be missionaries where they are and overseas, wherever it is, that there might be missionaries going from everywhere to everywhere. I don't know if you ever uh, look at your phone and say, oh, another missed call. <laughs> Why are they calling me while I'm at church? No, I'm sure that doesn't happen to you. Sometimes uh, we uh, don't catch when someone's trying to get on to us. But maybe good reason. The fact is uh, my phone's on silent. I once uh, was up preaching and <laughs> the phone went off and I thought, oh, I better stop that. Don't let that happen again. But... Uh, Many times even we might see someone's name come up and think, oh, do I want to talk to that person? Well, maybe that's just me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a, a bit of self-revelation here. But uh, we sometimes don't catch the call of God as well. We miss it. And uh, there are consequences. When we don't heed what God is wanting us to do and sense you know, I must do something about this and actually do something. I sense God's call to serve in Solomon Islands 10 years ago and that was a bit of a surprise. Actually, uh, someone said to me, Jay Knight's father-in-law, said, I thought you'd end up in the Philippines. <laughs> because I went up there a lot of times, visited these guys when they were there. But God uh, led me to another place, a place I didn't expect. And uh, this is where I've been last uh, 
eight years serving there in a wonderful place called the Solomon Islands. And uh, if you uh, just uh, see this uh, next scene that shows the graduation group just from two months ago. And uh, this uh, has been my life for an extended period where I've been investing in people who have been keen to go and follow God's call upon their life and uh, see where that would take them. But I have to tell you, since I've been on home ministries, since I was last on home ministries, this has been a really, really difficult time in my life. And uh, probably the highlight of that has been this pandemic, which continues, such that uh, I found myself early 2020 racing out of the Solomons with all the uh, scaremongering about, you know, the world's coming to an end. I got out just before the borders closed, and then I was stuck here. Yeah, that was a bit of a trick, wasn't it? <laughs> and uh, so I had a difficult time getting back to the Solomons, even though I thought, oh, I need to get back there. That's where my work is. Well, I had things to do here too, but nevertheless, it took a while. It, it was a miracle, I have to tell you, that I actually got back to the Solomons in 2021. I was there for 18 months. I knew of two other missionaries who managed to get back into the country. I'm still not entirely sure how it all happened, except that I just kept pushing. <laughs> and uh, I had that opportunity to be there and serve God in the Solomons all by myself, uh, in a sense. Not all by myself, but God was with me. I was certainly with uh, God's people. But I remember one day an Australian showing up at my church, and I thought, I haven't seen an Australian for months. <laughs> it's just been me here. And... Uh, others uh, who live in the Solomons. But we had our lockdowns, we had our curfews, we had uh, such difficulty even running our training program. At one point it was just the people who were on site who were doing the study because all the schools, all the universities, all the other training institutes were all closed down but we somehow just kept going, uh, even uh, joining online courses in Australia, even in the midst of that. But uh, we had lots of challenges, and uh, even now, they continue. Uh, the economy in the Solomon Islands, let me tell you, is in freefall, and uh, there's just uh, all sorts of difficulties there at the best of times. And uh, right now, uh, saw Richard up the back there. He knows the situation. We've got problems with our vehicles. We've got problems with our electricity. We've got problems with water. We've got problems with all sorts of things that we're dealing with. Uh, just uh, this last couple of weeks, a bit more theft happened. That happens from time to time, even with our best efforts. So it's not easy. But I can tell you that even though this has been like the most difficult time in my life and ministry, it's also been the most fruitful time in my life and ministry. And if you just have a look at the next scene... This is uh, just one indication of that. 18 months ago, with very short notice, I was asked to go and speak at a youth camp, a bit like uh, one that's just happened here in this district a couple of months ago, um, or six weeks ago. And so there I was, was, trying to get something together, and I had a lot of young people in front of me, but over 100 of them came to Christ. And on uh, the 2nd of October, 2021, 
I saw 69 of them get baptised. And uh, nothing like that's ever happened in my life, before or since, actually. Probably the greatest thing is seen in this uh, next photo, and this shows you my own youth group, which I'm not leading that youth group anymore. I've got one of those guys leading it. <laughs> but uh, we had 19 of our own youth baptised that day. So it was pouring rain. seems like every time we had baptisms, it's, they get the sprinkling as well as the immersion. <laughs> and uh, so uh, there we were. Uh, those guys were shivering <laughs> in the rain before they got in the water. And I was thinking, oh, it's lovely weather. I'm not sweating. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, it was a great time. But, you know, I can share this kind of story. But what uh, is more significant when I think of what I've been able to do over these years, and even before I got to the Solomons, is the fact I've been able to focus on leaders or those that are putting their hand up to be available for Christ and uh, become disciple-making disciple-makers. Uh, so that's what my focus has been on, uh, not just sort of seeing the crowds show up and seeing wonderful results from that, but investing in the lives of those who I believe will uh, be raised up by God to serve him in the future and uh, replace those who have gone before them and even do a better job than that, which should be happening. We should be those that you know, realise we're standing on, on the shoulders of giants, so to speak. We should be learning from those who have gone before us and doing a better job. But I want to uh, introduce you to some of those who have been students of mine and uh, tell you some stories about them. So this first guy, um, this is Ray Akers, all right? Now, uh, he was named after a former missionary, and uh, this is a dad of your former pastor. <laughs> I, I know some of you know uh, Lex. So I put this photo up. I said, oh, here's our new student, Ray Akers. And then Gwen gets on Facebook, and she says, I, I almost sense <laughs> the emotion coming through the response because she knew nothing about what had happened to this little boy that was born more than 20 years ago, named after her husband, and she said, we've prayed for him, and here he is, one of our students. So the thing with uh, young Ray, uh, we had a lady come and do a biblical counselling course last year, a lady from Australia. And she said, you know, this is your most gifted counsellor. So that really excited me. I thought he's going to make a great pastor, this young man. This next photo shows you another one of our young students, Louisa. She came straight out of school and joined us. And she's not with us anymore. But the thing that uh, excited me was her willingness to come and get ready to serve God at such a young age. And... Uh, no one should think I'm too young or too old to be equipped and go and do what God wants me to do. And so we've seen uh, both ends of the spectrum with people come and join us. Here's a photo of Jeremy, <clears throat> uh, this handsome guy, uh, the one on the right, I mean. And uh, he lived right next door to us. And uh, we knew about him. We uh, were busy doing our thing. He had his life, we had our lives. But it came to a point where, in our evangelism training, we decided we need to go and meet some people. 
So off we went and made an appointment with him and said, we'd like to come over and talk with you. And we sat down with him in his house. We shared the gospel with him and he made a commitment there and then. The thing was, it really was a case of he was waiting for us to show up. He wasn't sort of reluctant to make a commitment to Christ. He didn't know what it meant to uh, come into a relationship with God and how that could happen in uh, faith in Christ. So this was an exciting time. He actually then joined us and started studying with us. He's not with us now because his wife is a teacher and she got a position working in another village. And so when he went off, we said, you go as our missionary to this other place and uh, we'll be praying for you. Next photo is Willie. Now, Willie was someone who lived on site. Uh, we had some extra housing there, and he was there with his family for a number of years working at the local tuna factory. But at some point in time, he realised that God was calling him to go and serve him. And so he put his hand up and said, I want to do some study. So he came and joined us a couple of years ago. He was only there in class for, a couple, for about two months, and then he suddenly died. It was a big shock to us because uh, he wasn't even 30, but it turned out he had a health issue with his heart. And uh, unfortunately, in the Solomon Islands, you have uh, limited uh, medical services. Maybe if he was here, he might still be alive. Uh, but uh, Willie suddenly passed away. But the great thing when I share the story about him is the place where he was at at the end of his life. None of us know how much time we have, but we're right there where God wants us to be when our time comes. Here's a photo, this next one, of Vivian. Now, Vivian was in our class. She is uh, a pastor at the AOG church uh, just down the road. And she was surrounded by all these Wesleyan Methodists, and she was very quiet. I think she was a bit intimidated by all the people that were part of her church. So I, I didn't know what to think about Vivian when I went to her church to uh, just assess her and her preaching. But man, she got up and she was like a dynamo. And uh, I almost got saved that day. But the thing was that it was exciting to see, even though we're focused on our you know, turf there at Noro, we're able to reach out to people outside of our own denomination as well. <clears throat> this photo, uh, next one you see is... Uh, a uh, young man there on the left is Jason. Jason uh, has four kids. Looks like he's all of 25, but he's a bit older than that. Uh, and you see uh, he's sitting next to his wife. His uh, mother is holding his only daughter. His three sons are right beside him. And the little boy is David Collins, uh, named after me. This happens a little bit in the Solomon Islands. Uh, you might have guessed that. And uh, the great thing with Jason, he's uh, working full-time for the college, uh, doing mechanical and building work, but he's also wanting to serve God and he's doing some training. Over the time that I've been uh, up there in the Solomons, I've uh, been involved in training over 100 students. And one of them is this uh, guy that you see in the next photo. And he is among uh, nine guys and girls who have been ordained since I've been up there. So when I got to the Solomons, the church had about eight people who were ordained ministers. And so we've doubled that number uh, since that time. And next year, there'll be a, another one of my students who will be ordained. <clears throat> but this is uh, Horton at uh, 
his village, a photo taken at his village. I went to the big ceremony they had. It was a big, exciting day. And uh, there I got to get draped with colourful cloths and string bag and everything else. Uh, but it was great to see what God was doing with him. Emma is the person in this next photo. She is uh, the wife of the former national superintendent. <coughs> she has also done a bit of study with us. One of the things she keeps telling me is, I haven't had much education, which is true, maybe three years of education uh, when she was a little girl. And so she, she looks down on herself and thinks, oh, I can't do much. But the fact is, she tries her best. And uh, when she gets up to preach, I think you're as good as a preacher as anyone here. <laughs> In fact, you're a better preacher than some of the ordained ministers that I've seen. And uh, so she's only a little bit younger than me, but she's still seeking to get the training she needs to go and serve God. And this next one is Mark, and he's uh, my oldest student. He's even older than I am, which makes him 27. But he is uh, a guy that uh, is still seeking to get the equipping that he needs, and uh, it's great to see what God's doing with him. Next year, he hopes to be ordained. The next photo is uh, a photo of Isaiah, and I think, Kate, you've seen this guy in class, and maybe something, Mark, as well. You see him there with his wife. She's got the uh, pink lei around her neck, and his children also there. I call him our star student because... In a little over two years, he has done 18 subjects. He's worked really, really hard. Some of you are students, uh, and even with Kingsley, well, this guy has probably done more study than you have, <laughs> I would imagine. So uh, the, the thing with, uh, with Isaiah, he lives a very busy life. His wife works for Soltuna, so 4 o'clock most mornings, he is either taking his wife up to the bus stop or collecting her from the bus stop, depending on which ship she's done that time and so he has uh, got a busy life this last photo is Richard and he's the last guy I want to tell you about the thing with Richard is that uh, he has been with us for a number of years he went to Christian Leaders Training College up in PNG he topped the class he came to us but sadly he's got an eye issue and it's really limiting what he can do so even though he's been involved in uh, teaching courses there at the training centre, you really need to pray for him that uh, God will heal his eye. We look like we've exhausted all of our options in the Solomon Islands, even going to the regional eye clinic and seeing specialists there in the capital, looking at seeing if we can bring him over to Australia <coughs> sometime and uh, seeing if there's more that can be done. But uh, these are the people that have been part of my life. I can tell you about programs and I can tell you about numbers and I can show you buildings and different things. But uh, it's all about the people and uh, what God is doing in the lives of different ones. And that's my focus. The idea is uh, that uh, we raise up those that I, I, in a sense, do myself out of a job, even though it might take some time. And the Australian church can gradually pull back and say, we will partner with you not by being present so much or even pushing uh, lots of funds into the place, but support you prayerfully and, and come and join you and work beside you uh, more as partners rather than uh, those that uh, make everything happen. <clears throat> the thing is, I still believe God wants me be the, to be there. <clears throat> That's what I believe. 
At least for another term, I, I sense God wants me to continue with what I've been doing. And uh, the call of God is like that. Uh, you know, it's not something that stops after a period of time. I mean, it can change what that involves. But we must keep going with what God calls us to do. And I'm willing to remain the Solomons. One thing that uh, speaks to me is this text from Romans 11, where Paul highlights it. I could unpack this a bit, but I won't go into too much depth. The fact that Paul had been saying, you know, this is the truth, all right, understand this, that uh, God calls us, and in particular, he's saying here in Romans 11, the nation of Israel, that call is not something that... uh, has changed in any way, shape or form. He's still calling his people to uh, be in that relationship with him, that covenant relationship with him, and we must uh, fulfill our side of the bargain, so to speak, uh, because it's, it's a covenant relationship. And it's not something that, that is like irrevocable, <coughs> as uh, you read in one text, excuse me, <coughs> or one, one translation rather. God doesn't change his mind. All right. If he's called us, then it's not like uh, that changes further down the track. It's, it's something that lasts for a lifetime. And Paul understood this in his own life. In uh, Philippians chapter 3, he said, uh, in reflection on his own call to know Christ and to uh, live for him, go and serve him, he said this, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me, And he repeats, I repress on toward the goal for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The key words here, of course, are press on. We don't give up. And uh, the thing with the command of God is there's always attached to that a promise that uh, if you will trust me, all right, and you will obey me, you will see great blessing come from that, all right? And uh, the blessing, of course, is not just in this life, but in the life to come. But uh, the, the idea that's presented here, and some translations uh, actually use these words, that we hold on like we are being held. Uh, I heard that song earlier today, to this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. All right, Maybe they get that wording from this particular text. <clears throat> but I want to just uh, get Mark up here. He doesn't know about this. Uh, I'm going to embarrass him. <laughs> he probably enjoys that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of the Roman handshake or the warrior handshake. Okay. It's a bit different to you know, just, you know, we think of a handshake like that. Well, the, the warrior handshake or Roman handshakes like this. All right. And uh, immediately, I think you can see the difference that... Uh, it's, it's a much stronger hold, okay? Because uh, if uh, you were to feel a little bit weak or tired and start to struggle to, let, to hold on to me, mm. uh, just, uh, you know, begin to let go, I've still got you, yeah. all right? I've still got you. And uh, I think uh, this is a great thought that, uh, you know, we hold on to God, but he's holding on to us, mm. all right? And uh, many of us can appreciate the Holy Spirit uh, when you feel like you're starting to drift. Mm. Man, he's grabbing you. (laughs) And uh, it's uh, such that you realise, oh, I must hold on more. Mm. Maybe more than ever before. Mm. 
And in that, we find strength. And uh, we find not only power for our own life, but power to go and serve God because we're doing it with him, not just by ourselves. And so uh, you can go and sit down now. (laughs) All right. So this is uh, the thought that I'm taking on board for myself. I want to challenge you that way too. The call of God on your life, what does that mean? And uh, he's called you. Are you still going with that? Are you still listening? Are you still succeeding in uh, following through what he wants you to do? I want to encourage you to continue partnering with me too. As I look at uh, the future, uh, there's some little cards which you hopefully will get hold of on your way out if you haven't already got those. Just uh, a card you can take with you, put on your fridge. You can partner with me in prayer, in uh, financial support. You can even come up. Now, I must tell you, there's a a great women's retreat that's uh, coming up very soon um, there in the Solomon Islands, Women Empowering Women. If you'd like to know more about that, see Ruth Thomas. Uh, But uh, in the meantime, uh, you can uh, be just seeking God maybe about coming up sometime, joining one of the uh, building teams or other things that are happening. I just want to leave you with one thought. As I wrap this up, what does God want you to do with your life? All right, I can talk about you come and partner with us and what we're doing. But whatever you might sense God is uh, wanting you to do in relation to what we're doing up there, probably more important than that, in fact, I would say likely more important than that, is you working out what God wants you to do. And I want to encourage you to think that through. Listen to that still small voice. Put yourself in the place that Elijah had to get himself to, where maybe it took a bit, seeking God, praying and reading his word, and then you realise, ah, this is what I need to go and do, and uh, go and follow that through. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you that today we can be together, and I don't get much chance to be here, but you never leave us. And your Holy Spirit continues to work in our lives. We hear that call, that call that comes from Jesus to go and follow him and to join him in mission and appreciate uh, that he provides everything we need uh, and we are able to trust him. Father, I pray that uh, from this point, each of us will continue to respond to what you are saying to us. And we will uh, trust you with you providing everything we need to go and do your will. We pray this in Jesus' name.